Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. We are ready to get you set for the 2022 season. The season opens on Sunday, SoFi Stadium against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Raiders taking on the team that they knocked out of the playoffs last year and and that epic Week 18 game that sent the Raiders to the playoffs, sent the Chargers home. Uh, And they'll see if they can get... Off to a good start. Um, it's going to be a, a tough game, a tough division. We all know that. But, uh, I mean, we're I think we're all fired up and ready to, to finally see some football that matters. Um, Raiders treated the preseason like a lot of teams do now, where uh, the key starters did not play. No Derek Carr, no Devontae Adams, no Max Crosby. And so now it's time. Uh, it's go time to see what those guys look like and really to, s- to see what that Carr-Adams connection looks like after uh, all, all these years away since they last played together at Fresno State. Yeah, it's a familiar opponent, obviously, being in the division, but both these teams have had, you know, pretty transformational off-seasons. Um, you know, obviously with the Raiders, the big news is Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, and then on the, on the Chargers side is getting Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, who won't play in this game, but they also made some additions elsewhere um, to kind of beef up their defense. You know, their offense has always been you know, or the last couple of years has been pretty high flying, but their defense is lagged behind. I think that could be said for both of these teams. Sort of seeing, you know, the Raiders, you know, coming in, I have an extra level of intrigue with the new coaching staff and Josh McDaniels and taking over for, for John Gruden in, in a way since he got, um, since he stepped down. So uh, I think it's, you know, a good amount of buzz, you know, around every team, obviously going into the season opener, but because the Raiders had so much change. And they're going up against a team that, you know, we, we all pretty much think they're going to be complete, competing with for the division crown and, and a playoff spot. Um, there's just a lot of juice behind this one. And it's a road game, but, but kind of not really. I mean, it'll be in L.A., so it's going to be majority Raiders fans in there, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And so kind of have a home away from home game to, to kick off the season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all the mysteries that are going to be unsolved because, you know, Josh McDaniels kind of kept things close to the vest. We assume we know the starting five in the O-line, but we don't really know for sure if that's the guys we're going to roll with. I think um, the running back community usage will be interesting to watch. Uh, on defense, how much pressure they're going to bring. Are they going to blitz a lot? Jonathan Abram, what's his role going to be? Is he going to be back there uh, for most of the downs or strictly on a kind of nickel linebacker type role? So a lot of uh, Clee Farrell, was he going to play at all or – What's going to be the rotation inside on defense? Um, so a lot of question marks, which we don't really we all guessed. We kind of like tried to to learn what we can from watching a practice, but it's been tough. So every time the new coach, it's kind of fun to watch that first game. I was like, ah, okay, that's what they're doing. That's what they're thinking. So it'll give us a lot more insight into um, what they can do this season. 
like Josh McDaniel said, this Chargers team is one of the most talented teams in the league, even without J.C. Jackson playing. They upgraded their offensive line with Zion Johnson inside. Interior pressure was kind of a big deal last year in, in that final win the Raiders had against Chargers to get themselves in the playoffs. But if they solidified themselves inside, then you know they have to help on the right tackle a little bit, which is where Max Crosby uh, was rushing from, but you know pressure might not be as big of a advantage as it was for the Raiders uh, as it was last season, and obviously having a deal with both Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa coming off both edges is going to be pretty tough. So for the Raiders, if they win this game, it's going to be a serious statement for the start of the Josh Mc, Josh McDaniel era. Because to me, I think the Chargers are uh, one of the Super Bowl contending teams. So. Uh, if they're able to to, to win this game, it's, it's just going to be a pretty big statement for you know who the Raiders want to be this season. Week one statement. Ted's already already throwing the gauntlet. You can make a statement in week one. Uh, I mean, I mean the Chargers. It's 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 interesting. I know I know there's a lot of probably Raider fans feel this way. I know a lot of people feel this way. Like the Chargers are one of those teams that always do get a lot of offseason hype, right? And I mean, a, a lot of it is warranted. I mean, you add. Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, um, and you've got Justin Herbert. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. It's just a matter of like, hey, can they match that hype? And, um, you know, we'll see. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think week one is going to be big for both teams because uh, and maybe even bigger for the Chargers because they are at home, even though it won't be really a home game based on the crowd. But, you know, they're the team that is being projected to, you know, to challenge and, and take the division away from the Chiefs. So I, I think in a lot of ways, there's there's more pressure. I mean, I think in every way, there's more pressure on the Chargers in this game where, you know, the Raiders, if they lose this game, you know, you're disappointed. You want to win. You want to win the opener. But I think there's a lot of pressure on the Chargers in this game to uh, to start this season off right. Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of what Vic alluded to, you know, even though a lot of the focus is on the Raiders offense, I think I'm more intrigued by how their defense looks in this game. I mean, they're going up against which... You know, on paper, it looks like probably a top five-ish offense, depending on, on how you feel with the Chargers. And Chargers gave them hell, really, in both games last year. They just, you know, scored a little bit more than, you know, in an in, in overtime game. But, you know, it, it's obviously a vastly different scheme with Patrick Graham um, compared to Gus Bradley. Uh, you know, he's way, using way more coverages. He's using different fronts, um, different alignments and things of that nature. And, you know, they have some some kind of surprisingly new personnel. Like, I don't think how many of us expected, you know, Trayvon Mullen to get chipped out, you know, going into this season. And uh, so he has new cornerbacks that have different skill sets than, than in years prior. And then Nate Hobbs, you know, is he going to be used inside or outside? How multiple are they going to be? Like, you know, you know, is it 3-4, four, 4-3 four, every other snap? Is it a drive-by-drive thing? Like, how are guys rotated? What new roles does Max Crosby and guys like that have to take on? Um, so I think there's a lot of questions, maybe probably even more questions with the defense than the offense. You know, I think we pretty much know what to expect out of the Raiders offense at this point. But the defense is kind of a big question mark. And, and can guys that, you know, maybe haven't produced in the past, like a Jonathan Abram, you know, step up and be an effective player. And so um, this is you know, going to be, you know, as Ted said, you know, it's one, of, one of the most talented teams, but one of the best offenses they're going to face this year. And so if the defense can surprise and, you know, you know, I don't think they're going to shut down the Chargers, but if they're able to hold their own. I think that could be a positive sign you know, moving forward for the rest of the year for maybe the offense not having to carry as big of a burden as, as some people may expect. Two of the guys that could surprise are linebackers. I think uh, J.M. Brown is kind of a, you know unsung signing. He's definitely a really good cover um, linebacker. That's going to be key in this game. I think Divine Diablo showed, you know, he has a size that you want and a, a playmaker. He's had some flashes last year and this new staff, we'll see how they use him. He can be a uh, Guy can make some game breaking plays. So those two guys are going to be especially for me on the defense. Guys, I'm looking to see what they can do. 
All right, we're going to have some fun here. Uh, we're going to do, we've done this the last couple of years. We do uh, some over-under bets, uh, some stat lines that we're going to throw out and kind of just help predict what, kind of set the stage for what we, what kind of a season we expect. So uh, we'll start with Derek Carr. Um, why not start with the QB? We're setting the over-under here for him at 32 touchdown passes. He got Devontae Adams this year. 32 is his career high. That was all the way back in 2015. That's, I think, his only season where he has exceeded 30. He's got Adams. He's got Waller. He's got Renfro. We cannot sit here and say that he does not have the weapons he needs. So can he get back there over the 30 hump? Uh, can he get to 32? What do you guys say? Over or under? I think over. It should be over. Even though the offensive line is going to always be the question of it, so the pass catching talent that they have and what I think the number of times they're going to have to throw the ball this year because of the run game probably not being that effective. They're going to score. They're going to have to probably come off the arm of Derek Carr. And so we're having Devontae Adams in tow and Obviously, Renfro and Waller still around. I think they can get over 32. It's kind of wild that he hasn't. I wouldn't, you know, you know, let's just sit down and look at the numbers that he only has one season with more than 30 passing touchdowns because he's, he's had some solid receivers before, not like this, but he kind of has like some old school touchdown numbers. Yeah, I think the overs is a good play. I think um, looking at AFC West, I think it should be a lot of shootouts, I would think. I mean, some high scoring teams. Uh, so I'm not sure the running games will be able to help out that much. So I think you rely on. Uh, you know, what your strengths are. And that's definitely their three guys at receiver and tight end. So there's no reason. And I think, you know, we said in the past how when he's comfortable with someone, he's definitely better, like with Michael Crabtree and Aguilar that, that stretched uh, a couple of years ago. So I think with him and Adams, there's no reason why they can't go in from day one and just kind of uh, be a dominant combination. So, yeah, I think the over is uh, a pretty pretty safe play. I think it'd be very disappointing if he didn't go over with this type of talent to throw to. So uh, I think he's going to uh, meet the expectations and go over. Yeah, you figure if Mac Jones in Josh McDaniels' offense last year with Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and you know, the weapons he had, if he threw 22 last year, Derek Carr plus Darren Waller plus Devontae Adams plus Hunter Renfro should equal more than 32 touchdowns. I'll, I'll go and say 35, uh, career-high 35. All right. Passing yards, I've set the over-under here for 4,800. Uh, he set a career-high last season with 4,804, so this would be, again, kind of at or near a career-high. And and the reason we're setting these so high is because, I mean, I think expectations have really never been higher for Derek Carr uh, because he has Adams, because he has this, you know, we know he has question marks on the line, but he has this great receiving core. So uh, 4,800, would be going over-under? I'll go over it. I'll say he'll throw for 5,000. I'll just be a bold prediction. Let's say 5,000, 5,000 passing yards. That's all right. Like 300, you know, 17 games was so a little different than, you know, the 16. So it's like 300 a game. You know, he's not going to throw 300 every game. But, you know, I think he's going to have some pretty big performances. Not every defensive line they're going against is going to be, you know, on his ass like that to where he's running around for his life. At least I don't think so. Maybe maybe they, maybe they are. But, yeah, I think he has the best best year of his career, which would sort of, you know, solidify himself if he puts up these numbers as a, as a top 10 quarterback and, the Raiders guy moving forward. So, yeah, I'll roll with that outcome. I'll go with the under. I just think um, – I think it'll be close. But, um, yeah, I think people uh, – I don't know if we uh, talk too much about the offensive line issues, but to me it's still a big – it's a huge question mark. I don't know if you want to back there that much. Even uh, So I hope they'd run the ball more down stretch of games and uh, try and, and win games that way rather than back there taking hits and have to take. So I'm going to go a little bit under. But I think I'll have a big year, obviously. But uh, – I can see the overall numbers of yards not being quite as high as last year. This one was a little tough, but uh, I, I do think he'll go over just because the weapons, I think he probably has to throw at a pretty 
you know, a little higher or maybe the same rate as he did last year. So uh, I think he goes over on yards too. I'm going to take the under just because, I mean, we're asking for, you know, him to exceed the career high. I mean, that's that, that's asking for a lot. I mean, you know, a 4,700-yard season would still be a really damn good season for him, you know, paired with if that's paired with 35 touchdowns and say he can keep the interceptions under 10. Um, that's, that's something that maybe – you know, has him get getting some uh, some award talk at the end of the season. Certainly, probably in the Pro Bowl. But uh, yeah, I'll take the under, slightly under. You know, somewhere in the 45, 4700 range. Now let's go to with the receivers, and uh, we're going to start with Devontae Adams. We've got a lofty over under here for catches of 108. And if that sounds lofty, that's because that's his average over the last four seasons. He's averaged 108 catches over the last four seasons. So uh, does he exceed that uh, that four year average of 108? I say yeah. I think he does it. Uh... I don't want to say easily, but um, people think his numbers are going to drop because of the other talent around him. He's missing Aaron Rodgers and yada, yada, yada. But I think he came here for a reason. He came here because obviously he knows Derek Carr is going to throw him the ball whenever he wants. I mean, he's option one, underline, underline, circle, highlight. I mean, the other guys are great, but, I mean, the key third down players are in the red zone, a close game. Derek Carr is going to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. And we saw that in, in the past. Him and Crabtree he definitely has that trust. I mean, some people say lock in, but you just give the guy a chance to make a play on the ball. You wouldn't give other guys a chance to. You have, you have more confidence in throwing that kind of pass to him than throwing I mean, a pass to guys a little more open. But, um, yeah, I think his number is going to go uh, just as high as always. I think he'll have a huge year. I think he wants to prove that he is Nate Rodgers. I think Carr knows he wants to prove that. And obviously they want to win, but um, I think they're tying winning together with them having a big season. So I think um, – if you're in fantasy football, there's no reason not to draft him as high as always. I think he'll have huge numbers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the over, too. I mean, I I, I think we're going to see – I think there's going to be situations where this game looks like that first half of, of the Ravens-Raiders uh, game in the opener last season where it was just – Darren Waller was going to get the ball, whether he was double-covered, triple-covered, quadruple-covered, I don't care. I, I think we will see – it's not going to be every game like that. Obviously, they've got other weapons for that. But I think there will there will be stretches of games where it's like that. And you know, if he's not getting twelve to fifteen targets a game, and, you know, and catching at least six, seven, eight balls, you know, every week with with a few games where he's in that twelve, thirteen, fourteen range, uh, I think uh, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I think he'll go over. A lot of it also is because I think you know they'll kind of have to you know not I guess not substitute completely, but kind of try to replace the, the running game with the quick passing game. And so I think he's going to have a lot of those kind of short to intermediate type catches that maybe he doesn't gain a ton of yards, but catches the catch. So I think obviously he's probably the best player in the league at getting off the line of scrimmage and getting open quickly in tight spaces. And so, and he has the trust of Derek Carr. So he's probably gonna be looking at his way before just about anywhere else, anybody else. So yeah, I think, I think he clears the number. I think I'm going to go under, cause I think he was such a focal point in green bay because they just had such a lack of weapons in green bay they didn't have anybody really complimenting him complimenting him so i'm gonna gonna go under on most of these Devontae adams stats but it doesn't underscore his impact because i think he's going to impact the rest of the offense and open things up for everyone else but i i think his stats will suffer a little bit all right. In terms of the yards, uh, thirteen hundred twenty-seven and a half. Uh, that is his average over the last four seasons. So one thousand three hundred twenty-seven and a half. Uh, is he is he over or under that? And Tashawn, uh, you might have alluded to this a little bit with uh, with the thought of of shorter catching a lot of those shorter passes. So what do you think? Uh, does he go over this? I think so. So I think he's also really good at 
Um, even though he's not like a burner or like a super fast guy or a super big guy, he's really good at getting yards after the catch. It just finds a way. And I also think he's going to be a deep threat still. Honestly, I think he's going to have really a similar type season that he was having the last couple of years in Green Bay. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers, but I think they're both going to throw to him about as many times as they did. I mean, obviously, he's the best receiver in the league. Why, why wouldn't you? And so, yeah, I think he clears this. I use the same logic I used with the uh, with the car passing numbers. I'll go under slightly. I think that there will be more short yardage catches. I think um, the old line won't buy them as much time as they need to get those big plays deep all the time. So I'll go slightly under for the uh, the yards on, uh, on Adams. Yeah, I'm going the same way. Um you know, I, I think, you know, like Deshaun alluded to the short passes, Vic, you said it too. I think I think he's going to have 110 catches, 1,250-something yards. I mean, it's going to be a productive season, but just slightly under this uh, this four-year average. Yeah, I'm going to say under two. And one thing Green Bay did a pretty good job of was they ran the ball really well. And even though they had a top-flight quarterback, even as the league started using more two high shells they faced a lot of one high shells for having an elite quarterback i think part of that was the run game part of that was the design of the offense i think the raiders aren't going to run the ball that well the uh, so they're going to see a bunch of two high defenses that limit adams deep so i just don't see him going over and for s- some of the same reasons i talked about earlier you know it, it doesn't mean he's not impacting the game i just i, I just think his stats are gonna just not be as high as they were in green bay all right, touchdowns. Eleven point seven five is what he's averaged over those last four seasons. So basically, does he does he go over? Um, does he get at least twelve touchdowns? Yeah, these these Derek Carr touchdowns have to come from somewhere, right? I mean, if he's getting getting thirty five, I mean, yeah, I think, I think he'll get a little bit over that. Just in the, like in the red zone, like he, you know, I, I would say he's their best red zone target. Um, that's been a, a area where they've struggled, obviously, the last few years. But it's a different coaching staff, different scheme. So I think they'll make it a priority to get their best player the ball in the red zone in those situations. And they've been, you know, typically they've been really good at, at, at moving the ball, but but not finishing and having Devontae Adams should, should help that out. And so I'm saying over to everything, but I think you're clear this one too. I'll do the same as the, uh, just say slightly under by, I think the, um, the one thing in the red zone is they've definitely been a focus this offseason on getting Darren Waller more looks in the red zone. I think as well you should. I think Mike Hollins is going to be a guy in the red zone is a big target. They'll throw a lot of passes to the running backs in the red zone, a lot of swing passes and screens and play action stuff. So I'll say Adams has maybe one less than uh, that number. But it'll be close, but I'll take the slightly under again with uh, him in that one. I'm going with the over. Um, I just think we, we've talked about when Carr really trusts somebody like he did with Crabtree. Now, Crabtree never had a you know a 12-touchdown season. I think it, nine was the most he had uh, with Carr. But um, Adams is obviously a different animal, and I think uh, when Carr really trusts the guy – that's who he's going to look for in the red zone. So, I mean, I, I think I think 13 touchdowns, 12, 13 touchdowns uh, sh- should happen pretty easily. Yeah, I think this is the one stat where Adams could challenge for the over, uh, but for the same reasoning as uh, the last two, I, I think he'll be under. All right, let's go on to Hunter Renfro. And, uh, you know, his, his numbers that I've set, we'll, we'll, I'll kind of name them all uh, at, at the start here, and we'll go, uh, go through all the catches, yards, and TDs at once. Um, they're going to sound maybe a little bit low because obviously he had the, you know, 100 catch, 1,000 yard, 9 TD season. But that was, you know, really with him being the the, the, the primary option. So he's going to be the third option on this team, assuming Darren Waller's healthy. So the catches I have set at 70, uh, the context there is he is averaged 69.3 per season in his career. Obviously, first two seasons, he was really just a slot guy. Last year, he, you know, kind of emerged, had to be their number one receiver. The yards is set as at 800. Um, his average so far is seven. 
66.3, obviously went over 1,000 last year. And the touchdowns are seven. Made that a little bit lower than the career-high nine he had last year. 70 catches, 800 yards, seven TDs. Uh, what do you guys think? Mm, I think he goes over on the catches at 800 yards. is tricky. I think it'll be like right around there. I'll say over on the yards and then under on the touchdowns. I don't think he has as many touchdowns this year. That's exactly yeah. I was going to go the same way. I mean, I think he'll still be targeted a decent amount on, you know, on those routes out of the slot. I don't think he's going to have another thousand yard season, but he's going to have a good season. And, and yeah, I think the touchdowns, uh, the thing is he is really good um, on those little shifty routes uh, down there near the goal line. So I think he could get close to that and, and exceed that seven touchdowns. But if I've got Devontae catching 13, 14, you know, I've got to take a couple away from Hunter. So I'll go over, over, under. I'll take the over and all three. I think um, Hunter made strides last year. I think he's going to get better this year. We talk about you know, Derek Carr and the trust and the familiarity, and those guys are definitely in sync. They're golf buddies. They're good friends. I just think um, you look at Josh McDaniels when they had Randy Moss, the slot guy's numbers went up. I don't think it's going to take away from run force production. Even in the red zone, I think he'll uh, might even do more because of uh, his experience and kind of knowing how to beat guys. He's just a smart player, and I was so good and. Uh, the line of scrimmage as far as getting open and getting uh, his feet in the right place and getting ready to make a play. So I just think he'll go over in all three. I think he's going to go over in all three too. And yeah, I, I think Renfro will benefit the most from from Adams getting double teams. So I think everything goes up. All right, Darren Waller. This one's going to be a little bit tricky, I think. Um, I took uh, for the catches and the yards, I, I'm going with his three-year average. Uh, over the last three seasons, he's averaged 84 catches, 1,002 yards, um, and then for touchdowns, I set the over/under at five. He's averaged uh, 4.7 the last three seasons. So uh, this one's got got to come down to a lot to like, can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? So personally, I'm going under on the 84 catches, under on the 1,002 yards, but over on the six touchdowns. I think he on the field enough to be you know productive. Kind of show that he's one of the better tight ends in the league. Again, I think he gets six seven eight touchdowns but i do think he he comes in he maybe misses a few games and he comes in under on the uh the catches and the yards i think i'm gonna go over on all three with, with darren waller i think he has his bounce back season you know and then obviously a lot of talk about him has been about his contract but you know i mean i, th- I think you know last year was probably a bit of an anomaly with him as he hadn't really had injury issues like that in the past um he is you know coming up on 30 um you know getting older and, and things of that nature but uh, he's looked pretty good to me, and I, I think that I get what you're saying earlier about Renfro probably benef- benefiting the most, maybe from you know Devontae getting double teamed. Um, I, I think Darren will get a good amount as well because you know Darren was was basically the guy that would, that we would see get bracketed or, or double teamed, um, and and teams trying to take him away. And I think it's kind of I guess you could do it with both, you know, kind of how teams used to do with Tyree Hill, t- t- Tyree Hill and um, Travis Kelsey, kind of bracket both of them. But I think they'll kind of have to pick one or the other, and, and I think Waller kind of has that. That resurgent season, you know, and, and clears all three of these this year. And as Vic said, I think his his touchdowns has always been kind of a weird thing. He's kind of like Julio Jones in that way, where it's like, like, why doesn't this guy have like way more touchdowns than he does? But I think he he gets a few more than usual this year. I'm a Jimmy. I, I got the over on touchdowns. I think I'll definitely get that. I think I'm taking the under on the catches and yards. I think Adams and Renfro will get the most, uh, you know, of the passes from Derek. I also think the running backs are going to catch a lot of balls this year. I think that's a big part of. Uh, McDaniel's plan is to get a lot more swing passes to whoever's at running back. So I think, and there's always, you know, last year and even this year at camp, there's been some nagging 
injury things with Darren as he gets older. So uh, there's no guarantee he plays in every game. Well, same with anybody. But uh, so yeah, I got the uh, under on both the yards and uh, and the catches. I think he's gonna go a little over, not not a lot. If a little over on catches yards, and I think he goes big on the on the touchdown. Double. You're saying you're saying double. At least eight. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's go. Uh, let's move to the running backs now. And, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, I, I, I tinkered with this line. The, the first line I sent you, I, I went for the, the kind of, uh, you know, we'll go with the average over his last three seasons, which is 1,029. And then I decided we got to make that a little more challenging because if we set this line at 1,029, I think we're all picking the under. So I went with 872. That would be his total from last season. Does he exceed or, uh, or come in under that 872 that he had last season? I'll go first. I mean, uh, I think you know, he's obviously motivated. He's in great shape. So you would, would want to take the over, I think, based on his history. And uh, I do think it will be a committee approach. I think all these guys are going to get touches. I do think Zemir White will emerge at some point as the guy. I'm not sure how soon, but I think that's why they drafted him. They like him a lot. I think he's a guy to see being the number one guy in the future. They didn't re-sign Josh to a contract for a reason. So they like what Josh has done at camp. I guess he's in great shape. I think he definitely wants to prove he can be you know, top 10, top 15 running back again. But I'll take the under just because I think of the uh, the spread of usage, and I do think Azmir White will emerge at some point. Yeah, I think I'll go under. They kept six running backs, which is, even for like a Patriots disciple, is, is a lot of running backs, if you include uh, Jakob Johnson. And, you know, also, like, regardless of, you know, who's taking the most touches, like I just don't think they're going to be that good at run blocking this year because of the offensive line. And, you know, if that's the case, it's kind of hard to get, close to like a thousand yards. Plus, you know, Josh has had issues and injuries in the past. You know, obviously I'm assuming the theory is that, you know, if, if they had to take his carries down, maybe he'll be able to stay, stay more healthy. I think he probably comes in somewhere around 800 or so and, and falls underneath this. Yeah. I would have to stay under too, just because it's tough to trust him to play 17 games based on his history. And, you know, like you guys talked about, it's going to be a, a committee of running backs type of deal. So I got to say under. 
I tried to adjust the line so we wouldn't just all pound uh, the under. I'm about to go out seven, seven, under. We're going down 100 yards. Still under? Over. I'll take go. the over. over there. I'll take the over there. I'll say, I'll say 800. Here's the better question. This is part two. Who has more yards, Josh Jacobs or Zamir White? Vic, you've, you've, been, you've, been, you've been riding the Zamir White train. It kind of gained some speed. I got my foot, I guess, caught on the uh, on the gas, and kind of the, the train's kind of out of control right now. I'm kind of uh, Mr. Zamir White, but um, yeah, I, I do think um, I do think he'll become the guy sooner than later. So I do think he'll have more yards rushing than Josh Jacobs. I think they'll look to the future at some point again. They, they draft him for a reason. I know the people say, "Well, they're drafting for the future," but to me, they draft him because they want him to play now. They like him. They probably like him right now, maybe better than Josh Jacobs as a player right now. So. Um, it's dangerous, but I'm, I'm going to go with you over. I'll say Josh gets less yards than the, than the rookie, Zamir White. I think I think Jacobs gets more, kind of also for the same reason. Like, I don't think they're going to be running that well anyway, so I don't see them having two running backs being pretty productive or anything of that nature. And so, Aren't they better? Hopefully they're better run blocking than they are pass blocking, right? Is that, what's, your, what's your online strength? Nothing. Like, <laughs> well, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, does, does it have to happen? I would hope so. so. better at one thing, right? They're not, I mean, they're... I mean, not necessarily. Last year they weren't, <laughs> but um, yeah, they were a little bit better at run blocking in the preseason. Like they, were, I think they were like around average in the preseason at run blocking, and then they were terrible at pass blocking. But it, it was against backups, and the full o line wasn't playing, so it's kind of like lesser cotton, like a bulldozer, kind of going straight ahead and mowing people down. Is it like? Yeah, I think they'll be like a below average Russian team. I think they'll be a little bit better than last year. I think last year they were like twenty seventh or something in Russian average. So I don't think they'll be quite that bad, but I still think they'll be like around the twenties. They can't run block. They so. got some, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, they got some serious problems. So they can't run block. I was hoping they could run block a little bit better than they pass block. But if, if they're equally bad at both, then all these numbers we just did the last half hour are all going under. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I think White rushes for less. Uh, Come on, Ted. Jacobs gets a majority of the carries. White White will get some yards. Maybe we'll get like 500, 600 yards, and you know a bunch of other running backs or ball carriers will you know get us get some yards too. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and uh, and wear out Josh Jacobs before uh, before you let him walk in free agency, right? That's the uh, that's that's the cold business of the NFL. Wear out the guy and uh, keep keep your rookie fresh. Uh, get get him enough touches to get him comfortable with the NFL game and. Uh, and then have him ready to take over next year. I'll, I'll, Jacob's being slightly above him. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side. Max Crosby, 10 sacks over under. That was his career high as a rookie in 2019. Last year, tons of pressures. And then he led the NFL in pressures. Um, what Finished with eight sacks. Um, that season that really proved that, that pressures are more valuable than sacks because we know how productive he was. But um, does he get back up to uh, to the double-digit total? He's better. Also, overpay, overpaid him if he didn't. Woo! No, I'm just kidding. Now, but go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Sean first. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, because Max typically, you know, um, as Ted said, lines up over the right tackle. And I think, as, as Jimmy has said in the last few weeks, like a lot of teams hate their right tackle, including the Chargers. And so I think, you know, it, it's going to be more difficult for teams to. You know, even last year, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, it wasn't like they were just leaving him, you know, not paying attention to him. But Chandler Jones, I think, is another step up. So it'd be even more difficult for teams to kind of focus in and key in on, on Max on his side of the line, wherever he happens to line up in. And so, yeah, I think he gets over to Tim. Yeah, I think he goes over, too, because just the ridiculous pressure rate, you know, the sack numbers has to eventually match up with that ridiculous um, that ridiculous 
pressure rate. And it's not like he can't bend around a corner. He's extremely bendy and flexible. So I, I just think that number has to match up. And it's probably going to be this year. Yeah, I'm also at the over. I think, like you said, he, he had closed so many times last year. And half, some of those have to come through this year. I think he's another guy like Renfro, who's no reason why he can't keep getting better. That He works really hard. He's in phenomenal shape. He's got a better guy. On the other side, I think mean, we all agree. Jones is a slight upgrade over in Gakway, so I just think, um, yeah, I think he should definitely get over ten sacks. And I was kidding about the contract, but clearly, they, you pay a guy to make plays and to finish, and, and I think he will uh, uh, this year. For every reason you guys said, I, I'm taking the over. Uh, I think strip sacks is a big thing we see out of him this year. I, I could see, I could see like five five strip sacks out of him. It'd be great. Like you get, get a sponsor, like you're like a strip club can like sponsor like for charity. Like that's a great time for Vegas, like a strip club, strip sack, like uh, the little darling sack of the game or something like that. Or I went, I went <laughs> way off the crickets. I went crickets, way, crickets, way off the rails. Crickets. Wow. Is that a real place? <laughs> little darling. I, I think it was. I don't know if it's still around, but uh, I believe so. Yeah. Very, very specific. Yeah, it was, that was, um, that was, that was <laughs> Surprised they didn't start naming yeah, names. Like, like, no, yeah. What's Floyd Mayweather's strip club in, uh, in Vegas? Girl collection, I think, or something that sounds wild okay. like that. <laughs> anyway, I'll say anyway. it's a possible, it's a possible uh, tie-in. Chandler Jones the Vegas the lifestyle. So. Anyways, Chandler Jones, uh, we're gonna give him the same total, ten sacks. He had ten and a half last season. Um, you know, kind of had that weird season. It was a huge opener, and then uh, you know, got got to ten and a half. He has seven career double-digit sack seasons. He's basically been a guy that when he's healthy and he's out there, um, you can count on double-digit sacks. Um, will that continue? Well, if we say yes to both him and the Max, then this team is going to go deep in the playoffs, I think. So um, clearly he's still a great player, but I think he'll probably be used more. He'll drop back more than Yannick did. I think he's kind of a more overall run uh, stopper. He'll play more in rundowns than Yannick did, so maybe he'll have more of a, a breather in some passing downs. I'll go slightly under. I'll say he has a good year, but... Not over the uh, double digits. Yeah, I'm putting him in like the seven to eight range. A little bit under. Um, good season. His presence helps out Crosby, and I think Crosby, I think Crosby has like a 13, 14 sack season. Um, in part because of the the presence of uh, you know, of Jones and uh, and the fact that he finishes more. But uh, I, I'll go with uh, Chandler, uh, just slightly under. Those under didn't they made a mistake this offseason because they traded. Traded unique who had ten last year. But you get the more all around player, he drops back in coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, eh, nobody cares edge. about the, the edge rushers dropping back in coverage. Oh, the Patriots do. It's not about the you know. Is it going to get yeah, three interceptions? I'll, if their defense, it, if their defense is better though, if their defense is better, they made the right decision. If you, got, you got Deshaun yeah. Meyer with his four and a half sacks this year. You got Clee with his couple sacks. It's a big committee. A, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over on the challenge, Jones. Is Klee active in week one this year? He was That was the big story of uh, pregame week one last year when Klee was inactive. And, and now yeah, that wouldn't even be a big story know. if he was inactive, which is... Down. The Alex Leatherwood situation, cutting last year's first-round pick, has kind of taken all the pressure off of a 2019 first-round pick because, you know, hey, if, if you don't produce, hey, we, we already cut 2021. Like, at least you lasted your four years. But all right, let, let's finish up here on Jones. Yeah, I, I would say he goes under two. I think he gets like nine sacks, um, but I still think he's a better player than you know, in Gakwe. I just think uh, for the same reason you, you guys listed, he's going to do a bunch of different things. I think Crosby has a big sack year. Also, I wonder how many times has two players on the same team gotten, gotten double-digit sacks? Is that a common occurrence? 
Probably not common, but it's happened for sure. Two guys getting 10. I mean, if, if you got if you're talking about like a guy getting two guys getting 15 or two guys getting like 12 plus, probably less common, but I'm sure completely uncommon for two guys to get 10, especially now as we move toward a 17 game season. I mean, we're talking 10 sacks is, is barely over one every two games. Yeah, I'm sure Dwight Feeney and Robert Mathis. Oh, okay, I changed mine. Like over. He's going over. Over. Found <laughs> the over. Last two uh, here are both uh, team totals. For team sacks, 35. That is their total from last season when they ranked 20th in the NFL. Uh, Gakwe led the way with his his 10. Crosby had 8 and you know, wasn't a whole lot elsewhere. Um, I'm giving Barr 4.5. I'm giving Jonathan Abram 3.5 on blitzes. I'm giving Divine yeah, Diablo three or over. four. You're going 40, 45. Yeah, going way over. Malcolm Coons. Malcolm Coons, two, two and a half, three. Uh, I mean, John Hankins will slip in, get one and a half, two. So, yeah, I got the, I got the over. Blah, Blah Nichols, Nichols yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Blah so, Nichols has to get four or five. Easy, easy over. Dom Kinsu, five. Ooh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, <laughs> sign him after week one when it's non-guaranteed, right? There you go. Are we all pounding the over there? Yeah, I'm going over. I think they blitz a lot more than they did last season. Yeah, I'm going over as well. All right. Now, team interceptions. I set the number at 10. Uh, Last season, they were last in the NFL with six. So I didn't want to go with last year's total because, goddamn, if they only get six again, that's really awful. Uh, If they had gotten 10 last season, that would have gotten them to 26 in the NFL. So 10 is still not very good, but uh, that's where we're setting it. Can they climb out of the cellar into, like, the just below average range. At some point, the law averages has to kind of kick in and get the Raiders over. They've been so terrible with interceptions the last, what, 10 years? I mean, when's the last time they had a big interception guy? I mean, got to go back to, like, Charles Woodson. The one year that Emerson had a big year and he got his new contract, the Emerson had a bunch. The Emerson may have a bunch that one year. He had yeah, a lot of pass breakups. Right. I don't think it was a ton of interceptions, but... I'll say they go over. I think Nate Hobbs playing inside and outside. I think he's probably their best playmaker in terms of defensive back um, and him moving around and kind of being used, I wouldn't say situationally, but, but being more versatile in how he's used on the field. Um, I think he gets a good number this year. And I also think Trayvon Morick, who is a, or Merrick, who was a big, you know, interception guy in college, but didn't really have many last year. I think a lot of that was because he was playing that deep center fielder role where he's really kind of out of the way and playing cleanup. And I think, They'll still play one high, but they're playing more two high and moving their safeties around more. So I think he'll be more in action. We've even seen him in practice lining up at, at slot corner sometimes. And so, you know, I, I think he'll have a few. Um, and then the rest of the group maybe comes up with one or two here and there and, and gets them over to him. I think Merrick and Hayward both dropped a lot last year. They probably dropped more than, than five combined. So that right there gets you over, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think the over is pretty easy. That, that number should not be uh, too daunting for them. I'll give Merrick three. I'll give Hobbs three. Um, Yasin has two. Everett, about, I think Dur- two. Dur- Duran Harmon leaves the team. Duran Harmon right, leaves the team with right. four and a half. I have four and a half interceptions. So. I mean, wasn't it like two years ago? <laughs> you just dropped a half an interception in there. <laughs> Make sure you guys are paying attention. That's all. Make sure you guys are listening. Sometimes I'm talking. You guys only listen. <laughs> a one-hand interception. He like both, both guys have half the ball. No, they like yeah. Him, him, and, him and Merrick both go for the ball. They both get half of it. Now the important one. We're gonna go to our buddy Austin Mock for his win total, his projection. It simulates the season thousands of times and spits out everybody's win total. He's got the Raiders 
set at 8.3. Is anybody going to be a Debbie Downer here on the Carr Adams marriage on Chandler Jones and Mac Crosby wrecking havoc on defense and, and go with the under at 8.3 wins? They, they got to go over, right? I guess they don't have to, but like if they don't, that no, is that is what the fuck happens. Like if they don't, they don't if they go to. under, what the it fuck? It sounds too easy, which is always that's always dangerous. You think, oh no, no way, that can't happen because uh, we've talked about their offense so much that. That'd be a, you know, eight, eight and nine would be a really, uh, not only would be a bad year, but just coming off last year's playoff appearance, I just think it would be uh, all the guys he brought in. Uh, I know that the division's tough, but uh, that'd be a really bad year. So I think um, I'll, I'll just go with the easy answer, say over. But um, it, it is definitely one of those numbers that seems like it's too good to be true. I, I, but um, those usually come back to bite you. But, uh, but yeah, it's all, all optimism. We'll say, we'll say over. I mean, the schedule is where it becomes realistic, just because we know how tough this division is. We know they play the NFC West, which means games against the, the Rams, the Niners, you know, the Cardinals. I'm not 100% sold on, but uh, you know, they've got a tough schedule. Um, and I think that's that's where 8-9, it wouldn't shock me. Like, if, if they finish the season 8-9, that's a disappointing season. There's questions. There's... I mean, we're sitting here asking why the hell... We're probably asking why the hell did you not seriously address the offensive line, Um yeah, we're we're asking questions at eight and nine, but like, am I completely stunned if that's it? No. And despite the obvious, such as obvious tough parts of the schedule, there's also some tricky parts, like the back-to-back games in, in New Orleans and Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville's going to be better than they were last year, and you know, so those games are you might say, oh, those are definitely two wins, but they're both going to be tough. So it is going to be a, a, a tough schedule for them. But um, again, nine wins with this offense that should be that should be a gimme. Yeah, so I'm going over too. All right, we got to get out of here, but before we do, we all pounded the over on 8.3, but we've got to make it specific. Everybody, give me your final record. I'm going to go 10 and 7, wild card version. 10 and 7, wild card. I'll be slightly more optimistic and say 11 and 6. Uh, yeah, I'll go 10 and 7. I think, um, I think they're going to be pretty similar to, uh, to last year in terms of their. Um, their record in their playoff fate. So I'll say uh, ten and seven. No playoff fate. You got them losing first first round. Depends on the matchups, but again, these question marks I have. I mean, we'll see what happens if they sign some guys after week one. But uh, there's some questions on this roster which don't lead me to think they're going to go deep in the playoffs. But um, this should I mean again the offense could carry them. So that's what we'll see. We'll just see how good it is when we start watching these games for real on Sunday. Maybe one, maybe a better question. What what would be considered a success this season? Like, what's the floor for success? Yeah. I think they I think have what to have saying. a winning record. 10-7 in the playoff berth. You have to at least be where you were last year, I think. You, you got a new regime. You got the whole I mean, roster turnover and all that stuff. So you can't really say you should be better than where last year, even though you got some some stars in there. So I think you got to at least, you know, get your, your own foundation, your own culture, your own way of doing things, and kind of, you know, get ready for the next, maybe the next step next year if you can um, – keep filling out the roster but uh, yeah i think anything less than last year's record and playoff appearance i think is a bad year yeah i mean they've got a veteran roster they've got the fourth oldest roster in the league so uh you know i know we had so many years where john gruden would just you know as they would lose games he would you know groan about oh we've got a young team they don't have a young team this is not a young team um you know when they you know swap out like guys like brian edwards at receiver for Devonte adams they got a veteran roster uh they, they got to have a winning record um with all they've invested and if they don't we're gonna say you should have invested on that offensive line all right chargers game give us a chargers game prediction season opener what do we got i'll be w downer i'll say that um 
I'll say the Chargers put uh, Mac and Bosa on the right side, both against uh, Elmanor and Cotton, and they cause some havoc. I just think the O line is. Um, I just, I just, uh, I don't have any faith. So I think they'll. Um, it'll be a close game, but I think they'll. Um, the Chargers pass rush will be the difference in the end. So I'll say the Chargers won a close one, thirty to twenty-four. All right, I'm gonna go Chargers thirty-one twenty-eight. I think, I think Chargers have have made enough gains defensively. I mean, the J.C. Jackson not having him around to uh, to help on Devonte Adams does give you know make me think that the Raiders can have an advantage there. But um, I'm gonna give them a, a slight edge in the opener. Yeah, I think I'll take the Chargers. 34 to 28. I think it'll be a high scoring game, exciting game, but um, I think in the fourth quarter, the uh, uh, Chargers pass rush really gets going and, and the Raiders offensive line kind of shows itself. Um, I do think Devontae Adams will have a, a huge first game as a Raider without JC Jackson. They really just don't have anybody that can, you know, realistically be trusted against him one on one. I'm not saying he's going to catch every pass on his way, but I think he's going to have a big game. Um, and so I think that'll keep them in the game, even with the blocking issues. Up front, but I think ultimately they, they that sets up Ted, man. Put the cape on, come in, save the day, man. With your Raiders pick, let's go. No, no, no. Ra- Raiders fans right now are wanting him to pick the Chargers because they love when we're all against the Raiders because then the Raiders tend to win. Thank you, Jimmy. See, he, he set me up because I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick them to lose because guys, the Chargers don't kick field goals, so you guys can't predict the score involving field goals. So I, I, I say Chargers 35, Raiders 28. In week one, I like picking teams that are more familiar with their system. Raiders going to be first game under Josh McDaniels. Um, and it's going to be Herbert's second system with uh, with, with Staley and Lombardi and, and their system. So, uh, yeah, I think Chargers pull, pull this one out. All righty. Raider fans, you're welcome. Congratulations. The Raiders are 1-0. and uh, We just locked that in for you. So, looking forward to Sunday. Uh, we get to do our first post-game edition of the season. So, uh, we'll be back to you guys on, on Sunday after the Raiders... Uh, I mean, thanks to us, start the season 1-0 when they beat the Chargers. We're so selfless. We're always thinking about Raider fans, how we can help them out and stuff, and we're so nice. <laughs> I mean, and you're going to sure, sing for them after this. What's that, that new song by is it Megan Thee Stallion? I'll do this with Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, wow. All right. Megan Thee Stallion on Sunday if the Raiders <laughs> win. So uh, book that. We'll uh, – we got that book. I didn't Megan, promise anything. promised Megan Thee Stallion. You <laughs> hope you did. I never said I promise. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. All right, y'all. Later. Adios. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. <laughs>